Welcome to the NL Full-Time Podcast. I'm Luke Edwards and it is another great week of National League football. Joining me, as always, it is Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie. Good morning, Luke. And uh, Rob's away in South Africa. I can't believe he's missed uh, all the shots FA Trophy tie against Leiston. Um, But anyway, he's having a good holiday away. So stepping in for him, we have the Chelmsford Media Officer, Ben Parks. Hello, Ben. Yeah, great to be on again. And uh, we'll get on to your result very shortly. You had an eventful day up at York in the FA Trophy. Uh, so we'll look back at midweek. Uh, in midweek, there was only three National League fixtures, but quite significant ones, wasn't the Dickie? Wrexham fell behind to Bromley, played really, really well. But eventually, Wrexham managed to prevail by two goals to one, while Notts County could only draw 1-1 at home to Boreham Wood. Uh, now, Despite that, Notts County do stay top. Wrexham do have two games in hand, though. Yeah, they do. And I, I, I think, I don't know, I saw comments from, um, obviously the Wrexham fans uh, really enjoyed it off the back of, you know, their FA Cup result last weekend. I think Notts County fans, um, perhaps some of them a little bit disheartened, felt it was an opportunity missed and, and perhaps becoming very aware of this need to try and keep pace with one another's results. Um, I think it's still a little bit early to be reading vast amount of significance into into this one. But um, yeah, clearly it would have been disappointing for Notts County. I saw some comments from Andy Woodman, the Bromley manager. He wasn't especially happy with the officiating on the night. I think just didn't feel that Bromley got the rub of the green and maybe felt that, you know, because the game was at Wrexham with a, pretty much a, a full house in there as well, that that bring some pressure to bear on referees, I think, maybe to the, the decisions get given um, in their favour. But I think there's an element of that about, you know, all football, to be perfectly honest, just particularly when you're playing in front of a big home crowd. I don't think referees do it on purpose. Yeah, I think it, it's just the noise and everything that surrounds them. So, yeah, really important win for Wrexham in the end. They yeah, were a goal behind. Corey Whiteley had put Bromley ahead, but Paul Mullin from the penalty spot. And, uh, yeah, then James Jones with the winner in the second half. Yeah, and for Notts County, as we mentioned, they fell behind, didn't they? It was a, a goal from George Broadbent for Boreham Wood. Kedwin Scott equalised for Notts County. And that, that's the way it stayed. They couldn't force a winner, uh, but they have, have still got that cushion, as I mentioned. Yeah, they have. Um, and, you know, it's a bit strange. I mean, we're going to come on to, to what happened in uh, with Wrexham in the FA Trophy. Of course, they've got the FA Cup on their minds as well. They've been selected for, for television, for live TV for that game um, where they host Sheffield United in a couple of weeks' time. So um be interesting to see whether, you know, is, is that a, a distraction for them or is that just going to sort of like boost them even further? Um Notts County don't have that. They play in the FA Trophy this afternoon. Um, so, you know, we'll know if they're still going on two fronts by the time this podcast probably gets out, to be perfectly honest. So they've both got competing interests in in, in other areas, but clearly the league is the main focus for both of them. They, they, they want to get out of this division as soon as they can. Yeah, and the other game on Tuesday evening... So uh, Josh Walker scored his ninth and tenth goals for Dagenham and Redbridge as they brushed aside all the shot at the Ebb Stadium or the EBB Stadium, should I say, not the Ebb Stadium. Rob will be telling <laughs> it's, me it's, off. It's, it's been a low Ebb Stadium at points, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And in the National League, there was two games on Saturday. Uh, Bromley responded well to that setback against Wrexham by brushing aside Yeovil by four goals to one. Two goals from Louis Dennis, a goal from Loney Bessar Topoloj. He is on loan from Millwall. And also Corey Whiteley, he got a goal for Bromley. Uh, sandwiched in between that, Andrew Oluwabore got the goal for Yeovil. And the other game as well, saw Woking continue their good form. Uh, they won 2-0 away at Scunthorpe. Reese Brown and Podrick Amon, who who else got the goals there? Uh, Woking, Ben, are absolutely flying this year, aren't they? Yeah, it's just looking at the table. You can't really sort of rule them out. I mean, if they, they've got a game in hand on Notts County, then if they won that, they'd be only seven points behind. Um, and yeah, you know, four wins in a row they've got now as well. Um, I was looking at Chesterfield. You probably couldn't write them out of of a league title as well. Maybe they they've got four games in hand because of the FA Cup run they're on. But uh, if they won all of them, they'd only be a point behind Notts County. So it's uh maybe not quite a two horse race like we thought it was going to be. Woking and Chesterfield are in there, but the thing about Notts County and Wrexham is they don't lose many games, so. You you can't really rely on them to slip up. Yeah, it's good. There's not a it's not a two horse race like last year. Last year it was mainly Stockport and Wrexham going for it toe for toe. But like you say, you've got three, maybe four teams this year, Dickie, haven't we? Yeah, we have. It is just that little bit more open. I mean, um, Chesterfield would have played in midweek as well. Their their game against Wilston um, fell victim to the weather, I think. And um, obviously, those were the three sides who were involved in FA Cup. Uh, or Wrexham and Chesterfield having been involved in the FA Cup last weekend. Um, it, you know, them all playing on the same night. And, and again, you know, I, I know I was watching from a distance, sort of like, not necessarily the live table, but you are looking to see who blinks first between that group, really. But it is really good that it isn't just sort of like two gunfighters in the street, that, you know, you've got others um, around them as well who are dangerous. So, uh, yeah, it's it's all bubbling up very nicely. On that Scunthorpe game, Dickie, it's been um, it's been a horrendous week on and off the pitch, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Obviously, uh, <clears throat> what's happened off the pitch has been the main focus with uh, Scunthorpe this week with um, HMRC serving a winding up order on the club. But I've, I'm not exactly sure how much money is involved. Um, but that suffice to say, I think there was some discussion which I've I've had a listen to. Um, with Kieran Maguire, who's uh, on the, the Price of Football podcast, um, which is also a very good listen, if I may recommend it. Um, he was basically saying Scunthorpe wouldn't have got to this point um, easily, that they'll, they'll, they'll have been given notice by HMRC about what they've owed probably quite a few times before it got to the point where a winding up order has been served. Um, very hard, I think, to keep the players' minds off this as well. Uh, uh, um, Interim manager Michael Nelson said after the game yesterday, um, I should say what happened is Scunthorpe fans actually invaded the pitch during the second half of the game yesterday in a protest um, against the owner, Peter Swan. Um, Michael Nelson said after the game, it's their club. They've been here longer than me. They've got every right to do what they want. I'm not going to tell them that they were wrong for doing what they did. Um, And then admitted that it's been really difficult to keep his players' minds on the football with what's going on off the field. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, a horrendous mess that's come up at the moment. Yeah, so we'll move on and look at the, the FA Trophy. And it all began on Friday night. I went down to the J. Davidson Stadium. and saw a fantastic game between Altrincham and Wrexham. I mean, Altrincham 
flew out the blocks. First 20 minutes that Wrexham hardly could get out of their own half. I must say it was a much change Wrexham lineup. They made a full 11 changes from that win over Bromley, but it was still a strong lineup. They had the likes of James Jones, Reese Hall Johnson playing. Sam Dalby was up front. Rob Layton was in goal. Harry Lennon in defence. So they weren't dummies playing out there, but they couldn't get near Aldrigham at the start. They took the lead Aldrigham through Lewis Baines after Chris Conn-Clark, who, by the way, what a player he is. I've seen him twice now. Uh, he's on loan from Fleetwood until the end of the month. Like, Aldrigham won't be keeping him unless he stump up some cash for him, I think. But uh, anyway, his shot hit the bar. Lewis Baines headed in the rebound. Then Marcus Denanga had a goal ruled out for offside. Jordan Hume hit the bar, as did Toby Malarkey. Malarkey missed from close range in. And then uh, Wrexham went and equalised through uh, Jake Bickerstaff, who's a young lad who's fourth choice at Wrexham, but he's been proclaimed as one of the best finishers at the club by none other than Ollie Palm. And he proved that. He had a little poacher's finish in the six-yard box from a corner. And then he ran through one-on-one, and, one, and he didn't look that quick, really, but he certainly glided past Malarkey and slotted it home beautifully and had a great game all round. Uh, and then second half, Aldingham knocked on the door without really threatening, but two minutes from time, Zach Goodson, his first game since he's come back from injury, uh, he scored his first goal for Altrincham, a uh, ball on the edge of the area, which he drove in. It looked like it got a deflection, but it actually just bobbled along the surface and uh, deceived late. And then it went to penalties, and the penalties were in front of the Wrexham fans. Bickerstaff had the first one. Really good penalty, but a fantastic save from Ollie Byrne in the Altrincham goal. And then Chris Conclark, he stepped up and did his Jorginho impression, where he just calmly slotted the ball into the opposite corner, past Leighton. Uh, and then Reese Hall Johnson stepped up for Wrexham and he blazed his into the next county. So uh, Altingham were 2 0 up after um, the next penalty was slotted home. But then Altingham missed a couple of their own. So it was pretty tense. But eventually, Altingham did prevail on penalties. And, and Altingham are really looking to give it a serious go and get to Wembley this year. I'm sure Wrexham wouldn't have minded going back to Wembley. But as you mentioned, Dickie, bigger fish to fry for them. Well, I think so. I think that's certainly the, the, the what the Wrexham fans that I saw responding to the results on social media on Friday were um, trying to convince themselves of that, that actually they've got bigger targets. Yes, you would say they probably have, but you know, the FA Trophy is still um, a, a chance to have a trip to Wembley. I didn't see too many Wrexham fans snubbing their noses up at that one when they got there last year. Um, obviously making a lot of changes. I think Phil it was the Phil Parkinson derby as well. We ought to mention, you know, both of the managers with the same name. Um, I was about to say Phil Parkinson made a lot of changes, but you might have been asking me which one. Um, the Wrexham manager, Phil Parkinson, made a lot of changes. It sounded as if he would have been quite pleased with what he saw in that players that you would view as second string did sort of step up and perform, which I think managers are always keen to see that, you know, when you make those kind of changes, it's always probably pretty dispiriting when the players that you do put in don't really stake a claim for, you know, remaining in the side when the, the, the next big game comes along. Um, nice and headache was a, to have, isn't it, Dickie? Love it is a headache. nice headache to have, yeah. And, you know, you look at some of those players in that Wrexham side, they're still, you know, very good players at this level. Um, I think there's a little bit of fun poke the way of Altrincham. I think some of Altrincham's younger um, and dare I say it, maybe fans who've attached themselves to the club, um, but aren't particularly Altrincham loyal, you know, staged a bit of a pitch invasion at the end. And I think Wrexham fans thought that was rather amusing. Um, 
But um, yeah, the, the competition's kind of opening up now with, you know, various teams falling by the wayside, as we'll see. And, you know, yes, there's an opportunity there for Altrincham to, um, you know, make progress and be interested to see who they get in the draw tomorrow. Um, I couldn't help feel that there was a little bit of irony as well in that Wrexham played a, a, a week and 11. Um, with all due respect to, to, to Wrexham's achievement the other week, I don't think Coventry put out the best side they could have done against Wrexham in that FA Cup tie either. So, you know, one week they benefited from it and the next week they've sort of uh, uh, fallen foul of it slightly. But uh, it sounds like it was a great game to be at. Yeah, one final note as well in Altrincham is they've lost uh, the star man, Ryan Colcuff, haven't he? He went off to Chesterfield for what is believed to be a large undisclosed fee. He links up with Paul Cook again, who was his manager at Wigan. And there was a lovely story about when Colcuff's uh, then-girlfriend went into labour. Uh, Paul Cook had his phone, Ryan Colcuff's phone, in his pocket. And uh, I think just after he scored, uh, he found out that his girlfriend's waters had broken. So Paul Cook uh, said, get yourself to the hospital, gave him his phone and, and took him off. And that's something Cole Cuff hasn't forgotten, hence why I think it swayed him going to Chesterfield. Yeah, because there was talk of him going to Oldham Athletic as well. They were certainly seemed to be um, in the frame for his services and, and being based in the northwest. I think Ryan Colclough's originally from the Stoke-on-Trent area. So I suppose if you think in terms of Chesterfield and, and, and altering and we're not talking about that much difference if, if, if Stoke is indeed where he still lives. Um, but yeah, and, and you look at where Chesterfield are in the league against where Oldham are in the league. That Yeah, that there's a few more cards in Chesterfield's favour there when they're, um, you know, uh, doing their bidding there. So we hope it goes well for him. You know, Altrincham have, have, have profited from having him there and, and have collected a tidy sum for him by the sound of things. So it's probably a deal that works out best or works out well for, for a few clubs and a few people. Not massive shocks around on Saturday. The one that stands out, Ben, is, is Bath losing away at Bracknell. Yeah, Bracknell have been, uh, I think that was a 95th minute winner as well. So uh, avoided a shootout there, uh, Bracknell. They've uh, they're doing quite well, I think, in the in the league below. Um, and Bath are sort of up and down. They they sort of put some results together, and then they have a, a defeat, and they can't find any consistency. Bath, but uh, yeah, they go out there normally um, with their sort of rolling um, cast of Bristol City loanies that they bring in. Um, up front, especially, um, but uh, yeah, they go out there at Bracknell and uh, Jerry Jerry Gill will be fo- focusing on trying to make the playoffs, probably. Yeah, and your team Chelmsford went up to York City, and uh, again that went to a penalty shootout. It, it sounds like it was a good game, but heartbreak for you. And the one man that you probably wouldn't expect to miss for Chelmsford in a shootout missed. Well. Uh, we probably did really though because he's having an awful run in front of goal at the moment Simeon Jackson he's still our top scorer but he hasn't scored since October and he missed a penalty last Saturday as well against Chippenham uh, to equalise in, in in our home defeat against Chippenham at the post so he stepped up second in the shootout and that was the one miss in the shootout York were, were faultless in the spot 5 out of 5 Um our new goalkeeper on loan from Chelsea, um, Eddie Beach, um, didn't um, save one, unfortunately, although he had a good game in goal. Um, York took the lead in the first half. They um, It was uh, Ollie Dyson 
with a header at the back post. And um, but then we equalised sort of ten minutes later. Edwino Vaz, uh, left back, who'd never scored before, had a had a cross from the wing. Um, he claimed it was a shot, and it flew in the top corner off the back post um, for his first ever goal uh, for us. <laughs> I suppose he'll take that. And uh, to be fair, the second half, we had a few chances. Callum Jones had a shot across goal, which couldn't be tapped in at that post. And then um, we had a couple, we had, uh, I mean, York hit the bar a couple of times. They had a cross from exactly the same position as we scored, um, which hit the crossbar. And they also, um, Sheck Ford hit the bar um, as well. But you know, Liam Trotter ran through for us in, in, in injury time. One on one, but he's not really a goal scorer. He tried to chip the keeper, but I think he was pulling up with uh, an injury at the time as well. So he's, it was saved. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, Simeon's not having a great run in front of goal. But yeah, it was a really good effort from from Chelmsford against York, who have been on a, a bit of an improved run since the new manager come in. Although I don't think he's particularly popular uh, because the the previous manager obviously won them promotion. Um. Well, how was David the atmosphere West. then, Darren? Did you notice? Um, did you notice a, a sort of funny atmosphere there yesterday, Ben? Yeah, a little bit. It was, I think um, we were discussing it when, when we were doing the radio commentary of Chelmsford. You get rid of the manager. I know they weren't on a good run, but they got rid of the manager. They got them promoted, and they replaced him with a guy that no, not many people had heard of outside of you know that if you weren't in the game, I suppose. And, He's an academy coach and head of operations at Huddersfield, I think he was, for his last job, David Webb. Um, but he's, he, it was his first senior management role. So <laughs> he, I suppose you, you replace a, a guy's one promotion with a guy with no experience. Um, but he's doing okay at the moment. He's sort of <clears throat> steadied the ship of late. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they were t- particularly pleased, but I suppose he's got... A, and they were being held at home by a team in the league below. So, <clears throat> so yeah. But I, um, I suppose Ben, though, like, a bit like Rex, you you got bigger fish to fry, haven't you? Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, I'm not sure whether we can keep the promotion run going. We've got a there's some tough teams in our league, I and mean, we've got Ebbsfleet away on Tuesday, so it doesn't get very uh, much easier uh, with that game, a big game. I suppose, and we've sort of. We've fallen away a bit in a couple of uh, league games of late. We, had, you know, we lost to Chippenham last Saturday at home. Um, yeah, we've had a, we lost to Dulwich, who was down the bottom of the table um, as well. So, uh, promotion run, perhaps not. Uh, it, it, a playoff run would be nice, but we've got to sort of get back on the horse in the league and try and sell, uh, cement a playoff spot, but. We've played five games against teams in the league above now, and we've only lost one inside 90 minutes, and that was to Barnet up um, in the FA Cup. So it just shows we can we can compete against teams in the league above. Absolutely, uh, two games that really intrigued me, Dicky, involved the uh, National League North sides. Uh, the game that really stood out for me, and I, I bet was a, an absolute belter, was Darkin three, Kidderminster two. Darkin took the lead through the hot dog, Harry Ottaway before. An equaliser for Kidderminster from Zach Brown. And two goals from Ryan Seager had Darkin 3-1 up at half-time before Amari Morgan-Smith got a goal back in stoppage time. And Mark White was pretty satisfied with that one. And then the other one was Farsley, who took a mask 
to the cleaners. Curtis Woodhouse's mask. Um, they're a division below Farsley in the Northern Premier Division. They were 4-0 up at half-time. So, different fortunes for those two National League North sides, Dickie, but two cracking games nonetheless. Yeah, probably not surprised that, that Dorking progressed um, at the at the expense of Kidderminster, that Kidderminster's league form is still um, oh. a bit erratic. And when we know... Um, you know the goal power that that uh, Dorking have. It, it it was probably going to come down to Dorking were likely to score, um, but uh, we also know Dorking was likely to concede as well. So it'd just be could they keep the door shut more times at the other end than than they could the, the, put the ball into the Kidderminster net, and they managed to do that. Um, it'll be disappointing for Ross Penn, obviously, but um, uh, you know, given Kidderminster's position, I think it might be a bit much to think that they're going to make. Um, a real concerted run of the playoffs now, so the trophy would have been nice for them. Um, Farsley Celtics a, a, a very, you know, strange one. I mean, it, it, I think that the mask slipped there, didn't we? We can use that yeah. phrase from yesterday. Um, and it, and the locals do pronounce it mask as well, even it's got it's got the R in it. Um, yeah, Farsley roared into a, like a two 0 lead after six minutes, um, and to win seven one against you know only opposition you're only one division apart Farsley's league form is patchy they are in the bottom four um, but it should provide a very big confidence boost for them and it comes off the back of of the the um a statement that the club put out this week as well I think they'd, they'd move to try and uh quash some rumors that were going around about uh players not being paid or or things like that um apparently there are new directors coming on board at the club and and uh, they're, they're not entirely sure where uh, these rumours have come from. There was some mention that the Hereford chairman had even made mention of, of this when Hereford played Farsley in midweek. So, um, yeah, they they were very keen to sort of uh, um, put, try and put a stop to that if they could. Um, and it didn't certainly didn't seem to have affected the players yesterday with a, a winning by, by such a big margin. Yeah, other results... Um... An interesting game was between Southend and Darlington and Southend prevailed by two goals to one. They did fall behind in the first minute to Jack Lambert and two goals from Harry Cardwell. The second one was in the third minute of stoppage time, but there was rather concerning incident for the Darlington defender, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. Um, I mean, I'm sure Darlington will be pretty gutted about conceding an injury time um, goal to Harry Cardwell to lose this tie, but I imagine their thoughts were probably somewhere else. Their defender, Patrick Almond, had to come off uh, during the game after uh, suffering a head injury. I think he was um, vomiting on the pitch and clearly in a bad way. Um, he was taken to a local hospital and uh, they did an assessment. And as a result of that, he ended up being transferred to a hospital in London, um, having been diagnosed with having a bleed on the brain, which sounds absolutely dreadful. You know, we all send our very best wishes to him, uh, to his teammates who had to see their, their, their colleague in distress like that, and obviously to his family, friends, um, and just hope that we get some good news out of Darlington soon about his condition. You know, I... Given where Darlington are in the league and the fact that they are going for promotion in National League North, um, again, they probably would have liked a trophy run, but maybe they'll be able to see that as a distraction having been removed. But uh, yeah, I, I would imagine that then they're, they're not really thinking about that too much at this point in time. And, and Patrick Almond's welfare is top of the list. 
Yeah, other results, a much-needed win for Hungerford. I know it wasn't uh, in the league, Ben, but they beat Tamworth. We're flying in the Southern Premier Division at Step 3. They're top, looking like they're going to end up in the National League North. But uh, I think that's back-to-back wins now for Hungerford, isn't it, in, in different competitions? Yeah, they're, the, they're still bottom of the National League South, so there's only one place really between the two teams, isn't there? Because they're top of the Southern yeah. League um, Central Division, I think, um, Tamworth. Uh, they beat Dover last week, who are in a bit of a, a, a sort of a, a, a difficult moment at the moment. And uh, then they they won again yesterday. I mean, uh, they scored quite early on, didn't they? I think it was uh, Hargreaves. He's a good. Um, I know it's gone down to a different score now. Um, he's a uh, who they scored early on. Um, Tamworth equalised a penalty in first half stoppage time, and Hungerford. Won it just after the break, but so Hungerford is a is an awkward uh, little ground. It's very cramped with a slope, um, sort of typical non-league, and uh, I think they're sort of going to rely on their home record um, if they want to try and stay up because it's got it's not an easy uh, ground. But they've had a bit of um, they've got a problems off the field as well. The chairman of Hungerford's announced he's going to leave at the end of the season to join Gloucester, so he's asked um, for another chairman to uh, take over um, and so they're, they've got trouble off the field as well Hungerford as well as on it um, in the grand scheme of, of things even though they've won two games in a row Interesting that Dickie's uh, going into either join Alex Petherin or replace him at Gloucester then I replaced by the sound of things because Alex Petherin was certainly talking about stepping down so um, <clears throat> you know might just be the case of he sees more potential in Gloucester than in Hungerford. And I suppose if you look at the, you know, Gloucester is a city and has got a bigger um, potential catchment area, although it's a big rugby city as well. So you are always fighting that battle of trying to, um, you know, promote the football club ahead of um, rugby, which is very popular. Um, I have to say that's pretty disappointing also in that, you know, not just for Hungerford, but, you know, that, that maybe the emotional attachment isn't there for him with Hungerford, you know, that he can so uh, so readily sort of like hop from one club to another. It's, it's hard for me to say because obviously I don't know the gentleman involved and, you know, maybe a conversation with him would be quite interesting, bearing in mind, you know, the, the swap from south to north. We've seen a few clubs swap back and forth between the south and the north um, when it comes to the league AGM every year, but I'm not ever sure I've seen a chairman do it. But um yeah, that will be worrying for Hungerford, obviously, because that now puts them in the position that Gloucester in a few weeks ago of they're now looking for new input and 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 you know investment onto the board, and it's not easy to find in this day and age. Yeah, I think he said he'd he'd squeezed everything he possibly could. He said he'd squeeze the lemon with uh, with <laughs> regards average crowd bar and food spend, along mm-hmm. with other fundraising events, and taking the club as far as we can. Mm. He said he's, he's, he's taken it. He said now, so they can get four months before he leaves uh, to to find somebody else to take over. But he said they do love they they've loved being at Hungerford for four seasons uh, in charge. Mm. Him, uh, Patrick Chambers, and his wife Nikki. Yeah, um, you, you might have seen on social media their massive burger that they he he loves to advertise on Twitter. And like, <laughs> I have like that. that. Yeah, we've not made it down there. You, Luke, I know you've been to Hungerford, but I'm not yeah. sure that that particular offering was there when um, you went. Uh, no, it wasn't, no. But it's a lovely little club. If you do get a chance to go, 
uh, to Hungerford go because it's a cracking little club, really well, really welcoming. They've been punching above the weight for two or three seasons now, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens to them. Uh, quickly, just rounding up the FA Trophy, all the shot. They won 4-1 at home to Leyston, a goal from Harry Paniatu in the first half, and then second half goals from Ryan Glover and two from Ineffi Angsar. Them home. Eastley, they beat Braintree. It sounded like a tight affair there. It needed until the 79th minute for Danny Whitehall to score there. Uh, Barnet, they won 2-0 away, continuing their good form. They beat Solihull Moors by two goals to nil. Harry Pritchard and Ryan de Havilland with the goals there. Gateshead, a good win for them over Oldham. Uh, it was a goal from Camille Conte in the first half, cancelled out by Peter Clark before Robbie Tinkler and Greg Alley late on got the goals there. Dagenham and Redbridge, they lost at home by two goals to nil to Maidenhead. Uh, it was a goal by Sean McClowski and Charlie Adams in the first half, which saw Alan Devonshire's side through. So we're going to look next at the National League South. It's amazing what a difference small, simple changes can make especially when it comes to your weight. Getting started is easier than you think with the free NHS weight loss app. It helps you to take those simple steps to lose those extra pounds. Download the free app today. Better health. Let's do this. So in the National League South then, a chance for Ebsley to get back to league action and get some breathing space as well with Haven't and Chelmsford both not playing. And uh, they won away at Dover, as you say, um, a much-needed win in that Kent derby. Uh, we'll get on to Dover shortly because, obviously, Andy Hessenthal has left the club over the last week or two as well, a, a Dover legend. Um, but time for a, a fresh broom there, I think they feel, at Dover. But a much-needed win for Ebsleet. Yeah, they've uh, they've had a strange run of form, Ebsleet. Um, they've lost to Dartford twice heavily over Christmas. Uh, 4-1 at home and 4-0 away and then they were due to play each other in the Kent Cup on Tuesday but that was postponed I think luckily for Ebsley so not to see Dartford again Um, but yeah since those two uh, they've had two big wins a home win against Weymouth and then uh, uh, that uh, a late win at, at Dover uh, with Rakish Bingham scoring a, a late penalty um, and they seem to have got those their two strikers scoring again, which is bad news for Chompsford, who is the next fixture. Uh, Bingham and Polion. Um, Polion with a hat-trick in the last in, that, in the previous Saturday, so take him up to 17 for the season. Bingham's got nine. So um, Chompsford's top scorer has got six league goals. <laughs> Just to put that into perspective. Um, so... Yeah, so it's, it's bad news that Ebsley, I think, have got back, uh, got back on track. Uh, but uh, as I said, anyone that finishes uh, above Ebsley is probably going to win the title this year. Um, I think they were the bookies' favourites to start. They've got three games in hand on Dartford. Yeah, the, and it's now only down um, to three points as well because Dartford lost at home by 3-1 to resurgent Hemel Hempstead, who uh, we'll talk about in a minute, but massive blow that for Dartford. Yeah, um, yeah, they've been on really good form. I said they they beat Dart um, Ebbsfleet home and away. They won three one at Dartford. Uh, sorry, away to Haven uh, with Alex Wall going back to haunt his old club there. Um, and then they won at Chesant, who've been who were on a good run of form despite their league position. Um, so to get beat at home by Hemel's a bit of a surprise. But Bradley Quinton's gone into Hemel and and, and made some 
some sweeping changes. They brought three players in on on Friday. Um, two come off the bench and one started, and one actually come on and scored. McKendie. Mm. Um, and they signed in a, a midfielder on loan from Leighton Orient, who's 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 uh, who started the game, uh, Matt Young. But uh, and they scored an absolute weldy as well. Carla Jai um, hammered it from. Sort of flicked it up and smashed it in from 30 yards. So you need a, a goal like that to win away at a big club, um, win away at a difficult fixture team top of the table. I mean, when we beat Dartford, we beat them 1-0 in the 89th minute with a cross that went all the way in. So uh, you need that bit of uh, sort of somebody to have a moment if you're going to beat a top side. But Hamill Hempstead, like you say, what a job Brad Quinton's doing there and I see a lot on the Instagram, they do a lot of good production on there that they've put out. And he's really gone in, he's really bought into the club. The fans seem to have bought into him and is that real togetherness. And you can see that in the first few results. Yeah, I mean, he's got experience at this level. Obviously, he got Braintree promoted, uh, which was a bit of a surprise. And then she got, they probably weren't quite ready to go up in the national league. It was a bit of a jump. Um, and then he didn't have a very good time at Welling um, when he went in there, but it was during sort of lockdown behind closed doors football which is sort of a bit strange so this is his first job since then so um yeah he's he's gone in and made some sweeping changes and uh he's won two games in a row um and it seems to be uh i think they were flirting with the relegation zone hemel under mark jones um but they 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 they're up into a mid table position now they're still yep. nine points, nine points off the playoffs, ten points above relegation. So, slap bang in the middle. Yeah, they're almost at that stage where it's like nothing to play for stage already, aren't they? In a way, <laughs> but yeah, uh, a team who've certainly got a lot to play for are Worthing. Really good two 0 away win for them at Eastbourne Borough, and and what a job that uh, Adam Hinshelwood's doing there. Yeah, they've got. Uh, yeah, they've gone above us. Uh, we were in, in fourth for about uh, three months, I think. They finally moved down to fifth. Um, um, we've got games in hand to uh, cut runs uh, this year. Worthing, uh, yeah, Eastbourne. They've lost three games in a row, Eastbourne, and it's um, that it's coincided with Jake Hutchinson going back to Colchester United. He was on loan there. He scored. Uh, a lot of goals, uh, yeah. And then 12. he's gone to Aldershot on loan, so yeah. So when they've they've lost their main striker, um, and they've only scored one in the next three league games and lost them all. So back to back games without a goal for Eastbourne. So it's uh, Danny Bloor's got to find a replacement there. But you, to find a goal scorer who can score twelve goals by New Year's Day is pretty uh, um, difficult. So. Um, Got to ring around the contact book and find someone else. Yeah, the two teams in the but, playoff places, a bit of a stuttery time now. Oxford City and St Albans. Oxford City drew away at managerless Hampton and Richmond Borough. Uh, and St Albans, a cracking game against Tombridge. Ultimately, they came out on the wrong side of a five goal thriller. Two goals, though, for the debutant Glenn McConnell on loan from Cambridge United. But it was two goals from Jordan Greenwich, including a one in the 89th minute, which meant that Tunbridge came away with all three points. And despite Oxford City and St. Albans being in the playoffs, they are really inconsistent in the minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jordan Greenwich is actually on loan from Hemel. So um, 
Bradley Quinton's got him to call back, maybe. And he's got 10 goals for Tunbridge now this season in the league. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, and Tum- Tunbridge uh, manager e, uh, Jay Saunders, obviously, with the Maidstone job uh, coming available, has had some speculation regarding going back there, but he um, he didn't um, entertain it in an interview on their club website. And St Albans, two goals from McConnell. Uh, he's on loan from Cambridge United. We we know um, with our links to Cambridge, what a good academy system they've got. They're in the FA Youth Cup, um, sort of latter stages going through that. So we've got Kai Yearn back on loan. They've got a couple. Um, so he scored his first two senior goals yesterday. So that they need somebody to take the weight off of Jeffers, um, who's the top scorer in the league with 19 goals. But... Uh, he can't score every week, just even though it seems to be. But uh, yeah. someone else has to score. A really um, interesting game down at Welling. A much-needed win for Dulwich as well, which has moved them to win a point of Welling. It was 2-2 going into stoppage time, but uh, goals from Jack Holland and Dan Smith meant that Dulwich Hamlet won by four goals to two in the end. And I know um, Joe's talked about it before, but... Warren Feeney under, underachieving a little bit at Welling, do you think? Yeah, they've, they've slipped into the bottom half of the table now. They're in 14th, so I don't think that's where they're They had a good start to the season, didn't they? They're up in the playoff positions. Where it's sort of win-loss, win-loss. That's that's only going to take you in, in, in the mid-table position. Um, but yeah, they've got Aziz up front with Payne, so they're spending a lot of money in the forward areas. Sort of uh, tinkering quite a lot, sort of in other positions. Um, and Dulwich have, uh, have made a, a well, they sort of they had a good run of form. Then they got thrashed last Saturday, Saturday at home by Farnborough, and then they got beat in the London Cup by Wingate and Finchley 4 0. So they had a bit of a strange week, but then they come back and win 4 2 at Welling. So who knows what's, what's happening with Dulwich? Um, I think they've got a few players back from injury. Dan Smith, I think, missed a lot of the season. Um, scored Will Woods, come back. Um, so, yeah, they, they might be looking on the up now. And now they've got um, a few players back from injury. And I don't think that they were, as I said, you know, with Hemel before, they were flirting with relegation, Dulwich. But I think they'll be they'll do enough to finish probably mid-table. We're going to move on and look at the National League North and... In the National League North, Kingsland took advantage of Darlington being in the FA Trophy by beating Peter Sports by two goals to one. And ominously as well, Dickie, you've got three games in hand on Darlington. They have, yeah. It was something that I um, was going to mention in last week's podcast and didn't, which was that the Kingsland were sitting dangerously just below, behind the, 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 the top two or three, but did have those games in hand. And I think even though you know, you can look at games in hand and go, but, you know, make an argument about fixture congestion. That's not going to be so easy. When Kingsland are a full-time side, they are able to withstand that sort of fixture congestion a little bit better than, you know, teams who are still semi-professional, the majority of which, you know, are semi-professional in the North. So, yeah, a, a really good win for them yesterday. 2-0 up within four minutes. Uh, goals from uh, Aaron Jones. He's, I think he's due to serve a suspension soon, but obviously not quite yet. And Aaron Cosgrave, um, a player who's joined them on loan uh, very recently. Tyler Denton, uh, an own goal from him, got Peterborough Sports on the board after 19 minutes. But yeah, that's how it stayed. Uh, 2-1 and, and Kings Lynn. 
I, I think there are. If I had to pick anybody at this point as to who's going to win the title, I think they'd still be my bet. Well, there's um, there's only uh, four points separating the top six in the National League North. Filed, they moved up to a fourth position, and it was uh, Nick Harton with his pants and, and his cape on again. It was indeed, yes. Uh, swooping in uh, with a 90th minute penalty. So, yeah, in, in full Superman mode, yesterday, Nick Horton. Um, Luke Conlon had put filed ahead in the second minute of first half injury time. Uh, Connor Oliver had equalised for Southport. A bit of a, a Lancashire Coast derby this game as well. But, yeah, Horton's 90th minute winner from the penalty spot enough to move uh, filed up and again with their full-time status and I think they've got a game in hand or two as well I, I tend to think when it comes to the, the shakedown in this division it's going to be between those two Yes, Garber, they got back to winning ways um, they did it the hard way though didn't they, they had to come from behind uh, also it took to the last minute to get the winner didn't it against a, a gutsy blind Spartan side yeah, they did. I mean, Blythe had a um, a goalless draw with Kings Lynn um, last week, so they are fighting hard, even though they're they're in twenty third place in the division. Uh, Nicky Devadix put them uh, ahead in the first half. Bailey Gooder with an equaliser before half time, but then Isaac Walker had uh, Blythe in the lead in the early in the second half, and it looked like for a while they might be going to do it, but then Kieran Glynn equalised uh, in the 78th minute and Alex Wiles popped up with the winner in the 90th. So um, I think it's a much needed three points for Scarborough as well. They've had a little bit of a tricky um, um, bit of form recently. They they had those games against Darlington over the Christmas period where they won at Darlington on Boxing Day, but then um, took an absolute walloping at home um, in the return fixture, and I think they lost last week as well. So, yeah, important points there for Scarborough. Chester are in sixth position, uh, and they had to come from two nil down. They did indeed. Yeah, it looked like Curzon Ashton were um, were um, well, I won't say cruising towards the points here, but they'd certainly put themselves in a strong position. Goals from. And two former Chester players as well. I'm fairly sure Tom Pierce has had a spell at the Diva. He put them ahead in the 18th minute. Craig Marne, he was a hugely popular player at Chester in his time there. He's the captain at Curzon Ashton. He put them 2-0 up after 66 minutes. And it did look as if Chester's um, slightly indifferent form over the Christmas period into the new year was continuing. But yeah, Matty Williams, their centre-half, got them on, on the board after 78 minutes. And Kurt Willoughby, a 91st-minute equaliser for Chester, um, pulling a point out of the bag, pretty much the way they did against my own team, Telford, a couple of weeks ago. So even though Chester have, you know, they've not picked up the wins in those those last few games. They've still been finding a way to get something out of games where it, it looked like they were slipping away from them. So there's there's a lot of fight in Callum McIntyre's team. Charlie are in seventh. They drew nil nil with Alverton, and a mate of mine was running the line in that game, and he said uh, <laughs> he said it wasn't a, it wasn't the best. It was fair to say. Okay, a stiff neck, possibly. Possibly, yeah. Uh, he did say his neck was a bit sore, yeah. Yeah, Chor- Chorley got a really good point. Um, uh, well, they won't look at it as a good point. They drew 2-2 with Buxton in midweek uh, and were looking like they were on for a 2-1 victory until Buxton equalised in the 97th minute. Um, and, and I would think that Chorley, given some of the form they've been in, might view a, a, a goalless draw at home with Alfreton as, as drop points. Yeah, um, as well, but you know, Alfreton are a 
I would say the two were the sides in the division who were who were traditionally or by reputation some of the hardest teams to break down. So in a way, maybe a goalless draw shouldn't be too much of a surprise. Gloucester are in eighth. They beat Hereford by two goals to nil. I saw the interview with Josh Gowen after and he felt they played really well. They just didn't take the chances. But uh, a familiar name to you, Ben, got on the score sheet for Gloucester. Yeah, Dara Dada. And we were talking earlier about Hem- Hemel Hempstead. They brought in three players and obviously then that means some players have to go and he was one of them. He's gone on loan from Hemel to Gloucester. He was a regular with us in the in the National League South last season at Chelmsford. He's, he's a decent player, Dara Dada. Um, can add goals to midfield, uh, a lively sort of box-to-box uh, midfield, and he got a goal in his debut. And it was a theme, actually, of former Chelmsford players, because Aaron Cosgrave mentioned for Kings Lynn uh, played for us uh, when he was very young. He was absolutely rapid. Um, whether the final product at the end of it was, was there, but... Um, He's he was a bit he's a bit older now. He's moved into uh, Wimbledon. He's on loan from Kingsland. So, a couple of ex chumps of players scoring in the National League North now. So, that's uh, uh, that could be the advantage as well, Ben, of having Steve King at Gloucester. In that he knows the National League South a lot better yeah. than probably all of the National League North managers. So he'll know some little gems there that maybe feel he could do a job in the North. Yeah, I've just I've noticed they've got Jacob Barkley Adjapongin, who they had at he had at Dartford. Um and a few other familiar sort of names that uh, as, well, as well as there uh, of course and Ian yeah Jake Cole still there so um yeah so yeah it's um yeah Steve King is he's probably not done as well as you thought he's um yeah as I said it's the first time he's managed in that level um yeah a lot of travelling for Gloucester up and down the the M6 and M5 I suppose and. Uh, and obviously, with, with as we talked earlier in the podcast about the uh, behind the scenes issues with the change in chairman at the end of the season, so um, they've um, yeah. But Steve King, he's uh, as I said, he's he's trying to get him in the playoffs, but then his playoff record is is he hasn't won one out of all the ones he's been in. So um, maybe his, yeah. uh, his luck will change in in the season if he can get him in there. Yeah, it might be case point of. Off. If he just finishes out the side of the playoffs, he might be like quite glad of that, might <laughs> Or maybe the thing is, I mean, I can't win the National League South playoffs, so I'll try the North instead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're only one point off so um, um, at the moment. Down at the bottom, really interesting, as we mentioned, Dickie Blythe lost at Scarborough. Bradford Park Avenue, they lost at Spennymoor. But Telford, they won 2-0 away at Buxton. Yeah, they did. I mean, I'll just quickly mentioned the Spennymoor Bradford um uh, game mainly because um Ryan or Reese Kendall was on the mark for both teams in that one. It was his own goal that put Bradford into the lead, but he equalised his own goal before half time and then goals from Taylor and Ramshaw. Um Luca Haven pulled a goal back for Bradford late on in that one. But yeah, my attention was obviously on the Buxton versus Telford game and I can throw some statistics at you here. It's um Telford's first away league victory in their last 36 league away games. So the last time they won an away game in the league was in November 2020 um, when it was during lockdown. Um, And so no Telford fans are actually able to be present at that. The last time Telford won an away game in front of fans was the 8th of February 2020. So we're getting on towards three years ago, um, over a thousand days since they last won a league game. But But it's nearly in black and white. (laughs) 
It was, yeah, almost, yeah. It was just sort of only available in audio because television, you know, wasn't that hadn't been invented. But uh, no, they they thoroughly deserved the win they got yesterday. Goals from Josh O'Brien, he's on loan from Salford City, and then another loanee, Lewis Salmon. He came on board from Nottingham Forest this week. He's been at Altrincham and Alfreton. He's had loan spells there. He's come on board at Telford for the rest of the season. He got the second goal in the fourth minute of injury time, which. Um, I think Telford were probably looking good for the win at that point, but they've conceded goals, having held leads in each of their last two games and and just being able to see a game out is something that they've not been able to do. But they did it yesterday. They got the insurance of that uh, that goal in the, the fourth minute of injury time. And um, yeah, just closes the gap a little bit at the bottom of the table. They're four games unbeaten now, although there's only one win in there. Um, but they have a really important game with Kettering Town on Tuesday night at the New Books Head. So that's an opportunity for Telford to get the gap to safety down into single figures um and and yeah just to keep chipping away at it as for buxton um they looked a bit disjointed yesterday um craig elliott's obviously gone in there quite recently probably still fully assessing his squad and what he's got available to him there's a lot of talent in that buxton squad but i don't know there, there was something missing there yesterday but um something that Telford were clearly able to take advantage of. They were pretty disciplined. They they didn't let the talented players that Buxton have, have got um, get going, really. And yeah, they fully deserve the points. You mentioned about the midweek games. That is massive midweek games across all three divisions. Uh, in the National League, uh, Oldham, they travelled to Wealdstone, which is always a tough test for them. They'll be looking to uh, move their way away from that relegation zone. Uh, disappointingly, Wrexham against Chesterfield's off because obviously Chesterfield have got their FA Cup replay. Uh, that would have been the game of the evening there in the National League. Uh, Bournemouth would take on Southend. Southend above Bournemouth at the minute, so Bournemouth will be looking to win that to move up towards the playoff places. And Barnet will continue their good form at home to Yeovil. Aldrigham take on Maidenhead. Dagenham Redbridge take on Eastley and it's Sully Holmores against Aldershot in the National League North. As you mentioned, Dick, a huge game between Telford and Kettering. And uh, I'm sure you'll have a, a keen eye on, uh, on how Buxton do at Fylde. But also the big standout game there is Brackley hosting Kings Lynn. Yeah, Brackley Kings Lynn does look like a, a big one. Um, you know, in terms of midweek, I don't think the travelling is necessarily too bad there. Um, Brackley, um, I, they weren't playing yesterday and obviously Kings Lynn had that win. It's a chance for Kings Lynn to take advantage of one of their games in hand um, and, you know, uh, uh, potentially extend, you know, or, 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 you know, put themselves in a much better position than they are now, whilst at the same time taking points off Brackley. So, yeah, I think that's the one that all eyes will be on. Um, although, Clearly, my eyes are, are towards the foot of the table, unfortunately. And also in the National League South, um, big games at the top and bottom. Um, you mentioned there about Ebsfleet playing Chelmsford. Ebsfleet could go top, couldn't they, if they beat Chelmsford on Tuesday evening? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a tough game um, there. Um, we've both got games in hand over teams above us, so... Um, Chance to catch up. I don't think Dartford are playing midweek, are they? So, um, yeah, no. absolutely. And they, they could go top on it, would be on goal difference if they win. But uh, I think we'd do a result at 
against Ebbsfleet. We went, um, we lost quite we, the last time we played them. There was the last day of the season where they were trying to get in. Well, I think they were already in the playoffs, so they wanted a home draw, um, which they got because they beat us two-one. Uh, um, we were we had nothing to play for, so bit of a different atmosphere this, but uh, I don't know how much a, a trip up to York has taken out of us and Ebbsfleet have had a um only a trip down south of Kent down south Kent so a little bit of a dis- uh, difference in the traveling um Hampton Richard I think we mentioned them in the um roundup they've got a new manager uh replaced Gary McCann um Mel Gwinnett just gone in there from Barnet and he got a draw against Oxford yesterday um and they've got a big game as well on on Tuesday night against Chesham down yeah. at the bottom um, and also Concord play Farnborough and, and Chippenham are playing as well. Uh, they are playing away at home to Welling. So the bottom of the table, you could see a, a slightly more of a shake-up, couldn't you, after Tuesday? Yeah, Concord's game with Farnborough has been called off, I think, because of the Essex Cup. <laughs> Funnily enough, Concord's um, match against Rays, I think, was postponed last Tuesday. So the Essex Cup takes priority over league games. Uh, so they've got that instead now. So it's another game in hand for Concord in, in the relegation zone. Um, and this uh, is down there. Hungerford are at home against St Albans, trying to continue their good run. Uh, Chippenham have got another home game against Welling, who obviously need to put things right after yesterday. And uh, uh, Bath and Dulwich are sort of two teams in, in the in mid-table. Just talk about Mason. They parted company with Hacken Heretton. During the week, um, obviously, Maidstone are going to be under new ownership as well. The two current owners uh, are stepping down. And um, a bit of a sad day, Ben. Um, Certainly, I think a lot of Maidstone fans felt that Hakan and Retina may be taking him as far as they could. He was loyal to a lot of players that won the South last year, but they feel a change is needed. Yeah, and I think um, the feeling was that he, he might not have had this sort of financial backing that you need to possibly increase your budget sort of two or three times more than what you've had in the National League South when you go into the National League because you're competing against former Football League sides in there um, that have just come down and and, and then big millionaire backed clubs like Wrexham and and Notts County obviously have been in there for a long time and are desperate to get out of it and um, so maybe that was um, the the case with Mason, they didn't go for it, um, and that's they keep sort of going up and then coming back down again, and a bit of a yo-yo um, into the national league. And Hakan Heretin, I mean, um, we're we're wondering, you know, how long before he goes back to Braintree because he always seems to go back there at some point. So, uh, but their manager's doing well at the moment, so maybe not. But uh, he's he's a decent manager to be on the market if anyone um, wants. You know, an experienced manager, they had the league title winner last season. They won the league when they beat us um, late on in the season. Um, a very good day for, for Maidstone because Gillingham got relegated on the same day and they won the title. So they were singing the jewels are going down and the stones are going up. So they had a very good season last year. But it's just the, the relentless um, National League has, has cost. Um, Hacken Aretin, it was actually a defeat at York last Saturday. Yeah, so that, that was what cost him the job in the end. Hakan uh, and follows us on Instagram, and you can too, at NL Full Time. And, and we're on Twitter as well, at NL Full Time. Uh, ben, thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, having me on. And Dickie, thank you as well. No, you're very welcome. And uh, happy watching if you have to watch a National League game this week. And we'll be back next weekend. Thank you very much for joining us. Subscribe to us so you get your podcasts uploaded to your device every week. And give us a like and a review as well. See you all soon.